before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, over the weekend, uh, Joe Biden is in full-blown campaign mode and thinks that somehow he's helping their cause. But the polls keep on getting narrower and narrower, especially in the state of Washington with uh, Mary's seat on the line now. Seats that we didn't even think we were going to have a chance to pick up, we're now in contention for. And uh, I think the Republicans are poised to to outperform expectations. Uh, and I'm hoping for that, too, uh, because that's uh, step one in taking back our country. And uh, we should see what happens. Um, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens. But it's kind of exciting. Um, to see that finally uh, we're getting some traction in the mainstream media. Even CNN has to sort of cover, the, you know, some of these truths. They can't. They can no longer hide them. Even MSNBC, who coddles Joe Biden, uh, has to deal with Joe Biden's ineptness. So Joe Biden uh, had many uh, different uh, interviews over the weekend. And uh, as well as, you know, the other political candidates. But here's a couple of clips of Joe Biden just on MSNBC. And then he had an interview with a trans um, dude of some sort. Um, You got that. You got the uh, oil, uh, the the strategic oil reserves. uh, Where we're getting killed on that, losing money on that. And somehow Biden thinks he's spinning it, uh, that we could somehow sell the sell the oil at $90 a barrel and buy it back at $70 a barrel and make a profit. The only problem with that is Donald Trump bought the oil at $24 a barrel, filled it to the tippy top. We're losing billions on this. So we're making money on the initial sale, but when we buy it back, we're cutting into the profits that we had already made under the Donald Trump Error, you know, basically 
Donald Trump made a sweet deal. And we had all this oil. And Biden is not only selling out the oil industry for electricity that has no real future. I don't think electricity is going to work. I don't think these battery-operated things are going to work. And the reason why is I think we're, our Earth is, has more limitations on cobalt and other precious metals than we do on natural oil and gas that actually gets recreated. You know, when you pull oil out of the earth, it gets replenished through the heat and the the molten lava of the inner earth. Uh, The uh, process of that makes oil. So we have an unlimited abundance of it. And the sing, as Ted Cruz said, the single biggest factor in cleaning our environment was natural gas, turning electri- sourcing the power of electricity with natural gas rather than coal, was the biggest uh, benefit, uh, the biggest catalyst to uh, CO, uh, reducing CO two emissions. So. But um, we're going to take a listen to, uh, we have a lot of different little clips that we're going to play today. Um, and we're just going to go through them because it, in, in, I'm going to try to keep it in some sort of order but and do the best I can with that. But um, this one here is, you're almost two years in. He, this is MSNBC asking really like easy questions to Joe Biden. But Joe Biden, they're doing a walk and talk. And, of course, Joe Biden can't even string sentences together, let alone walk and chew bubblegum at the same time, it seems like. So here's what he had to say. Biden, she was she has a ba- uh, asked about Kamala Harris. She has a backbone like a ramrod. <laughs> there isn't any public figure that is, you know, 60% favorable ratings. Kamala Harris doesn't have a 60, 60% among Democrats, maybe. I mean, you know, most of, uh, and, but she does a great job. He doesn't even know her. They barely speak. And he credits her foreign policy. She's the one that basically talks down to the, the left wing by saying Ukraine is a country near Russia. Or she goes over to Paris and uh, she's over in France and she's, she's speaking with a French accent as if that's French speaking. You know, I mean, she's speaking English with a French accent. You know, that took the cake. But let's take a listen to this. The vice president of the United States, yeah. Vice President Harris... How's she doing? You're almost two years in. How's she doing? She's doing great. She is a, uh, first of all, she's smart as hell. She has, she has a backbone like a ramrod and she has enormous integrity. And, uh, but if you take a look out there, there isn't any public figure that is, you know, 60% favorable ratings. I mean, you know, most of them, and but she is doing a great job, and she is, and she is really, really 
thoroughly informed, and, and particularly on areas of foreign policy and national security issues. And so I find her to be extremely, extremely uh, well qualified and a great asset. We have lunch once a week, and and she is in. She, there's nothing that she is cut off from. That was incoherent. He cited national security and foreign policy. We've already explained the foreign policy. She knows nothing of foreign policy. Kamala Harris doesn't doesn't know a thing about foreign policy. And when it comes to national security, you need only look at our southern border, where people are coming over from the Middle East not being verified or checked, and just entering our country willy-nilly. There's supposed to be this you know, uh, South America, uh, America triangle, uh, where we were supposed to have some sort of an agreement. Some, there was supposed to be some payoff at some point. Mayorkas made all kinds of promises that our border was going to be secure, that, uh, needed some time to, to work itself out the new strategy, whatever that strategy was. We know the strategy, what it is. It's to, appease the corporate slave labor trade market and to to uh, change the demographics in our country and uh, grow the dependent class that would uh, support socialism politically. And that's what that was about. And we know why they're doing it, why people like Mitch McConnell and all these rhinos in office, support and allow this to transpire and happen is beyond me. You know, Trump uh, was given another speech over the weekend and spoke up against all this stuff. But when you think about national security and foreign policy he referenced for Kamala Harris, that's, that's absolutely insane. And one of the things that comes up about that subject, about open borders... And they're doing it on purpose. Is we now are at about two and a half uh, million people in one year, fiscal year 2022. And they hid the numbers. They delayed the numbers for as long as they could. And then the pressure started to mount. You think, why did they do that? They hid the fiscal 2022 numbers for border crossings because they were the worst on record in the history of America. Uh, the last year uh, under Trump in 2020, it was uh, 400 and something thousand. 400 and something thousand. And now it's two and a half million. Or over two and a half million. So, uh, I think I even have these numbers. Um, I'm going to get them here. So, migrant encounters. Fiscal year 19, 2019, 977,509. This is, these are numbers, but I mean, there's a lot of people that get through the border that are not being counted. Fiscal year 2020. 2020, under Trump, after the wall started going up. The wall that supposedly walls don't work. Well, walls worked. 
458,000 in fiscal year 2020. 458,088. That's about 450,000. I mean, that's nothing. That's a that was the best year I think on record. Percentage-wise at, at the very minimum. Then fiscal year 2021, 1.73 million. And fiscal year 2022, 2.378 million. Almost 2.5 million. Fiscal year 2022. That is intentional, folks. That is a absolute failure, abject failure with the border security. And, you know, they talk about smart power. When are we going to hold these losers, these failures, accountable? More bad news. They just came out with the education numbers. And the children, um, here it says here, not teaching children to read breaks the sacred trust that parents should have in public education. 82% of black American fourth graders do not have a reading disorder. They've wishfully turned uh, turned into instructional casualties. You know, the people that were in charge of COVID, the liberals that lockdown and mask mandates and vax mandates and all these different things. You know, the price that we're paying for all of this stuff. And we, we had warned, we had warned people of all of this. And, and we were right to do so, right? We were right. But, They didn't listen. We knew this stuff was going to happen. I wrote in response to what I just read to you, not teaching children to read breaks the sacred trust that parents should have in public education. 82% of black American fourth graders do not have a reading disorder. They've been wishfully, willfully turned into instructional casualties. And the thing about that is, is I said, apparently COVID lockdowns and senseless mask wearing were a bad idea. CRT and cisgender woke priorities and transgender storytelling have failed, not just with our children's education, but also in our failing, uh, it's failing our military and it's failing corporate media and the leadership. All of this woke, cisgender, trans, phony baloney stuff and the president is double doubling down biden joe biden is doubling down on the gender mutilization he had an interview over the weekend where he was talking with a trans person dude dressed up like a woman or whatever this freak show was sitting there getting FaceTime with the President of the United States, who doubles down on gender mutilization, things that really destroy a person's life. And, you know, it's just, how in the world, how in the world has America become this, where we're neck and neck politically, with the other side that's advancing 
these agendas? How in the world, what kind of indoctrination is going on in our country to where people's brains have been brainwashed to the point where they think this is okay? Because like I say, I I know people personally that are smart people that are voting for this kind of stuff. And when you have a conversation with them, their answer is always sort of like, well, it does, that's, that's extreme. You know, they, I think you're exaggerating. It's like, no, we're not exaggerating. This is truly happening. It just doesn't make sense that it should be allowed to happen the way it is. It just does not make any sense. The nonsense that comes out of liberals' mouths every day has just got to stop. Here's another MSNBC um, question and and exchange where Joe Biden says, I could get a disease tomorrow. I could, you know, drop dead tomorrow. Let's take a listen. So let's say Trump doesn't run again. Convince on Gloria that she should stick with you. Well, I think think Gloria should take a look. I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to, uh, to you know, watch me. You know, am I slowing up? Am I don't have the same pace? As her? You know, uh, and that old joke, you know, uh, um, everybody talks about the, you know, the new 70s, 50s, and all that stuff. You know, I, you know, it could be, I, I'm a great respecter of fate. I could get a disease tomorrow. I could, you know, drop dead tomorrow. But I, you know, in terms of my energy level, in terms of how much I'm able to do, I think people should look and say, is he, does he still have the same passion for what he's doing? And if they think I do and I can do it, then that's fine. If they don't, then they should vote against me. Not against me, it should encourage me not to go. But that's not how I feel. I can't even say the age I'm going to be. I can't even get it out of my mouth. <laughs> Well, he fell asleep in another interview. Uh, So, you know, go figure that one, right? So, I mean, the guy is absolutely bonkers. I mean, he literally dozed off and the interviewer had to say, oh, oh, Mr. Biden, falling asleep the way he did. It was, uh, you know, so what can you say to that? And then here are here's another interview uh, where he was saying some really stupid stuff. Biden on his student loan debt bailout, it passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. What is he talking about? Congress never voted on it. Let's take a listen. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get ten thousand written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. Secondly. So he's just printing money and buying votes with this student loan debt forgiveness thing, which is insanely ridiculous in and of itself. And, you know, when is it going to stop? When are we going to say this guy is robbing from the till? He's taking money out of the cash register in America. You know, we are a nation of laws and Congress holds the power of the purse. And he's sidestepping this in every single way. 
Here's the question about Joe Biden says it's wrong for states to ban sex reassignment surgery. He's having an interview with some trans uh, dude uh, that looks like a trying to look like a woman or something like that. I don't know. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. What do we stand for, folks? For states to ban sex reassignment surgery and puberty blockers for kids. As a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any... Yeah, for kids. And uh, you you could do whatever you want as an adult. You put tattoos all over your face if you want, or whatever you want to do. But for children, and, uh, you know, and we're seeing laws where children don't even have to notify their parents. Uh, we, we just reported, I think, uh, last week... Um, the military is actually uh, paying the transportation fees for people to go get their abortions if they have to go to another state or whatever it is. Okay, so Biden, here's Biden's take on OBGYN. Let's take a lesson. Where they don't teach you OGBYN about the health and safety relative to pregnancy. <laughs> He doesn't know what he's talking about. Joe Biden says he's absolutely wants to force taxpayers to reimburse women for abortion expenses. Take a listen. Guess what? We need the same votes we need to overrule that, to uh, reinstate uh, the, uh, the decision that was struck down by the court. I mean, I do support that. And I've urged, publicly urged companies to do that. I've urged them publicly as president of the United States saying, this is what you should be doing. I urge you to do it. Do you support a federal fund for individuals like myself who need to take time off work, obtain child care? The answer is absolutely. But guess what? See, a federal fund, a federal fund to do that. It's insane. Whose money is he spending? Is he spending his own money? If that were the case, then I would say, fine, Joe, go and spend your own money. But every stitch of his money came from out of your pocket. He stole it from you with the Biden crime family endorsement. So Joe Biden says he absolutely wants to force taxpayers to reimburse women for their mistakes. For their crimes, for their (laughs) whatever. Then he forgets the name of Roe v. Wade, calling it. Uh, 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 the decision that was struck down by the court. <laughs> He's clueless. Biden, the biggest thing is, though, that we have to change what we are, those things that are affect the government. Let's take a listen to this confusion. The biggest thing is, though, that we have to change what we are those things that are affect the environment. Somehow the brain's just not triggering there, is it? It's not like there's a missing synapse or something. I, you know, some, this guy needs to get a cognitive test. 
And he shouldn't be running a country like the United States of America, for sure. Joe Biden says we have to pay other countries to do what, we, what they need to do on climate change. Huh. Paying other countries now. So we have to, the industrialized world has to not only clean up our act, but we've got to help these countries do what they need to do without further hurting the environment. And we have to pay them, in my view. We have to compensate them for what they're doing. So we... Why do we have to pay the world to advance climate that enriches the Biden crime family? Because we, we, let's not forget that the Bidens use Chinese money to, uh, to uh, finance a mining company, McBorin, to mine for cobalt in the Congo. And then they had Emirex, the other company, that manufactures batteries in China. So they got it on the source end and they got it on the manufacturing end as part of the entire supply chain for battery manufacturing. And then they're supplementing electric vehicles, sales and companies. They're subsidizing them so that these companies can advance the ball on electric vehicles at the same time he's pricing natural gas uh, to the point where people can't afford gas anymore because he's creating a shortage by not renewing leases and ending projects like Keystone, which is causing the oil prices to rise to a level that makes the purchase of an electric vehicle or the source of energy of wind, solar, and electric more attractive that otherwise would not be attractive in a fair competitive market. And this has had an impact on all sorts of inflation because the cost of shipping goods to to the market has skyrocketed and it's causing the price of everything to go up. I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend. They said they spent $430 at the grocery store. That's insane. They've never seen prices like this. And everybody's talking about it. And this we this has got to be reflected in this election coming up. And shame on them for being allowed to delay the numbers on the border crossings when we have this stupid, ridiculous early voting This early voting is insane. And it's causing the unintended consequences are that they're playing politics. They're delaying debates until the votes have already been um, cast. And it's the Democrats that are doing this. People are voting on candidates that, that they've never even seen in a debate. They're voting for, um, policies before the numbers even come out because they're they're voting blind they don't really care about anything but winning and power and you know there was this great meme where you had these liberal protesters protesting against the police that were in riot gear and then these were antifa people that were rioting 
And, you know, the Antifa are really, truly fascist, socialist, commies, anarchists that somehow want the government to take care of everything for them. So here, the party that is wants the bigger government to take care of uh, them as if it's a nanny state is protesting against the government that they, the monster government that they created. How do you like that? How dumb is that? You know, all libertarians want and all constitutionalists want is a smaller government because that was the way the founding fathers designed the republic to make it a smaller government. Just the government was there for the essential business of or, uh, running a system. Uh, law and order, border security, and you know freedoms and liberties to make sure that these things were not infringed upon. And here we are. So the woman out in Washington that's giving Patty Murray a real scare right now is Tiffany Smiley. She's making a lot of news, and I credit the RNC for actually promoting this candidate. Um, uh, and they could possibly pick up a seat, an unexpected seat in Washington state. There's a chance. Tiffany Smiley slams Democrat Patty Murray for voting for so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Don't be deceived by the name. It does nothing to combat inflation. In fact, it raises taxes on all of us. Let's take a listen. Senator Murray stood with Joe Biden with the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, and, and said, this is going to help us. Don't be deceived by the name, because this isn't coming from me. This is coming from the CBO. It does nothing to combat inflation. In fact, it raises taxes on all of us. 87,000 IRS agents coming after our small business owners and hardworking Washington families. Do you know those making $25,000 or less are five times more likely to be audited by the IRS? That's who I'm standing up and fighting for. So... Don't be deceived also by that uh, 87,000 IRS agents. Number one, the auditing process, it would take them years of training to roll this out. What they're here, what they're being hired for is the migration to digital currency. At some point, we're going to be ending the dollar. And that's why BRICS is happening. That's why this whole globalist push is happening. That's what Bill Gates is doing. This is what is happening around the world. This blockchain digital currency that controls every aspect of your life. It happened to Mike Lindell, you know, with the bank seizing. It happened to Kanye West with JP Morgan closing his account. $140 million account. They don't, it's not about the money with these people. They, they have more money than they'll ever need. They, they are about power and control at this point. They used to be concerned about the bottom line. But now, they own everything. This is the problem with these super monopolies. Big tech has it. And so do the banks. And you got a pe- person like Greta Thunberg that wants to protect the banks. The banks control everything. See, BlackRock, you know, like I was saying before, Pepsi and Cola. Say Pepsi steps out of line and 
and you decide, okay, I'm going to boycott Pepsi and I'm going to go and buy Coke. Larry Fink at BlackRock is still going to get your money. He doesn't care whether you buy Coke or Pepsi. So you could boycott all day long, shoot yourself in the foot if you if you don't mind, right? But it's never going to make a change. It's not going to put a dent into the system because the system is owned by a super monopoly and that super monopoly is aligned exactly with globalism. And globalism is going to control the countries. So you may vote for your representative back home, but they're still going to have to answer to an unelected official like Klaus Schwab if they're to get anything done. They're going to be out-muscled and outgunned by the power elite and their super, dollar, super money and their super monopoly power. And the laws uh, and, uh, that are really about guidance, we saw this transpire with COVID. We saw how crazy woke, these woke corporations cracked down on middle-class citizens catering to rioters and socialists and Marxists and liars like the people over at Black Lives Matter, those cheats, those son-of-a-guns. So Keith Ellison's another liar. Keith Ellison is in Michigan. Uh, no, Minnesota. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. I don't know anybody who thinks we should defund the police. Let's see. And then I don't know anybody who thinks that we should defund the police. And then I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know anybody. <laughs> we could run a clip 10 minutes long about Democrats talking... What a bold-faced lie from an attorney general, Keith Ellison. Two days ago, Ellison was campaigning with defund the police activists, Cory Bush and Ilhan Omar, and it was all defund the police in Minnesota. What a lie. So back to uh, the Washington, here's uh, Patty Murray. Was it a mistake to keep children home from school so long during the pandemic? Democrat Senator Patty Murray, absolutely not, she says on CNN. Let's take a listen. Was it a mistake to keep children home for school so long during the pandemic? Dana, this was a decision of local school officials and our scientific experts trying to get their hands around a pandemic that was killing millions of Americans to protect their children, to protect their staff, to protect their communities. I am proud that when Democrats got control a year and a half ago, uh, Democrats voted for the American Rescue Plan that helped our kids get back into school safely, making sure that our schools had testing and supplies and ventilation and the ability to make sure their kids could be safe at school. And today, virtually every child is back in school. That is what I focused on, making sure that we were providing the resources to our schools so they could reopen safely. And that's what we have today. Yes, we have an issue about kids being out of school. And I am very focused, Dana, on making sure that we help get our kids back to where they need to be. Which is going to be a big challenge. In retrospect, it is no second thoughts. And I know hindsight is always 2020, but... Given the numbers that you're seeing and the decline that we just talked about, 
you still feel comfortable with the way that school districts, even you know, in your home state, handled the pandemic? I think we were under unprecedented times at that point where people really were struggling to figure out what was the best thing to do to make sure that their kids, their families, their children were safe. Well, she didn't, you know, she's in denial because look at the scores. I mean, this just news report just came out. The worst scores we've seen on record in decades. I think um, eighth graders dropped the most um, in their reading and math. Dramatic decline in our education and our test scores for these children who've been disenfranchised. The masks had a negative impact. Zoom uh, Zoom, uh, virtual classrooms had a negative impact. And we were saying, and Trump said this all along, we, the, the cure cannot be worse than the pandemic itself. And we're still making the same mistakes with gain of function. I can get into that whole thing. We have not learned at all. And they're talking about a pandemic almost every year now. Like, we got to get ready for the next pandemic. No, we, we shouldn't have any pandemics. Like certain things should be outlawed. Gain of function research should be banned. Just like, you know, there should be um, treaties with respect to limitations on nuclear weapons. So, but they're not learning. They make these mistakes and they're not being held accountable for it. She's like, she's doing two things. Patty Mary in that exchange. She's saying you got to trust the science. Uh, The science uh, is just complete BS. And I'm going to play a Klaus Schwab um, interview uh, here in just a second uh, where he talks about the Riggs science. And uh, I'm going to see if I can get that one here. Uh, Right here. Let's take a listen to this. No, that wasn't the one. Uh, but, you know, when you take a listen to... Cl- oh, right here. This this one. Okay, so take a listen to this. This is Klaus Schwab. Look what he says about scientists. Who will really command the fourth industrial revolution and its technology like artificial so intelligence? What's your sense of who's best placed at this time to lead the world into the fourth industrial revolution because you pretty much created this term. We're seeing the kind of technological strides that China has made with Huawei, with the 5G technology. Do you believe that this could potentially be China's time once again? We, we should make here uh, again a, a, let's say, a differentiation. On the one hand, we have uh, state capitalism. On the other hand, we have shareholder or private capitalism. So it's a clash between two systems. I, I believe that um, state capitalism in the short term, in the short term provides certain advantages because you can mobilize in a concentrated way a lot of resources to reach a specific objective. But I believe that the future is not state capitalism or shareholder capitalism. The future is what I call stakeholder capitalism, 
which um, is combined with the social responsibility. Yeah, that was that was here's here's the right clip, but that one was worth listening to as well. But this is the clip where he talks about scientists. Um, my apologies. Business, of course, um, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, uh, continuous uh, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course, we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions. We have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course. And very important um, experts and scientists and academia. Because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions. And the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders. We have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs. Business, uh, of course. Um. Think, think about everything he just said there. It, it's very much in line with another time when he was talking about ha- uh, half the Canadian cabinet comes from the World Economic Forum. I actually want you to listen to this one more time and listen to the words he's chosen. This was, this was a few years ago he said this. So let's take a listen. As a very important audience, and we have politics. We have uh, uh, continuous... So World, Econo- World Economic Forum, politics, scientists, media, you know, the whole ball of wax. We got it all covered. NGOs. Soros utilizes NGOs to meddle in elections. See, that's what we're talking about. They have these candidates, these, these district attorneys, these woke district attorneys. A new stat came out. Six out of ten of the deadliest cities... Are, 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 run, are run and managed with DAs that were funded by George Soros. And it wasn't George Soros' direct money. It was his NGOs. You know, like um, moveon.org uh, is an NGO, so, uh, so to speak, and funded by George Soros. All right, so let's one more time with this. Us, um, as a very important audience, and we have politics... We have uh, uh, continuous uh, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world. And, of course, we have NGOs. uh, We have trade unions. We have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course. And very important um, experts and scientists and academia. Because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions. And the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders, we have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs. Business. Undoubtedly, he's probably talking about the Pope, right? Isn't the Pope woke, right? Isn't the Pope a globalist? Um, he's talking about science. Scientists. <laughs> That's p- the political side politicization of science that's what it is it's he's basically saying you can get science to say anything that you want you know that's like some big lie where they say um where they say uh that the justice is blind and that uh you know there shouldn't be any po- politics in justice but we know that uh, that the liberal justices on the Supreme Court 
vote, uh, uh, make rulings a certain way, different than a Scalia or Clarence Thomas or a, you know, a constitutionalist, or originalist. Here's Nancy Pelosi. Wanting, to, uh, she says, when I hear people talk about inflation, we have to change the subject. <laughs> yeah. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenom- phenomenon. Yes. The EU, the European Union, the UK, the British have higher. The EU, the UK, the British. She's like rattling off all these names, right? That's just one country. I mean, the EU has become basically one country. And last I checked, Brexit hasn't fully happened yet. So um, the UK and EU are one and the same still. And so basically, how's that working out for you? What's that say about globalism and the EU? That their inflation is terrible. And the wars that they're involved with now. And the shenanigans going on in Poland right now. And the, uh, the uh, buildup that's going on surrounding Ukraine and the Russian conflict. You know, how is it working out? The inflation is through the roof. Energy prices are through the roof. Um, they're struggling in Europe right now. And she just rattles off like uh, it's like she's saying the EU, the UK, Britain. UK is Britain. And they're part of the EU. <clears throat> so she could say, well, the EU's worse. It wouldn't have the same ring to it. But people fall into these things. She's saying the same thing. But she's razzling and dazzling her left-wing moronic voters. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. The EU, the European Union, the UK, the British have higher inflation rate than we do here. It's not, the fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. And the... (laughs) Yeah, cost of living and inflation. Okay, like it's different. Just just in, uh, it says here, up-to-date vaccinated CDC director, Dr. Walensky, infected with COVID again. <laughs> Go figure, right? Now, here's a guy named Professor Jeffrey Sachs. He's a Columbia professor. And this guy has been a liberal his whole life. And he is talking about this globalism. He's worried about it as well. And he gets shut down by his own community. The most violent country in the world in the 19th century, by far, was perhaps the most democratic or second most democratic, and that was Britain. You can be democratic at home and ruthlessly imperial abroad. The most violent country in the world since 1950 has been the United States. Jeffrey, stop now. Let's, let's, Jeffrey, I'm, Jeffrey, I'm your moderator, and it's enough. Okay, I'm done.
I can't stand censorship. You know, the moron moderator, the moron moderator is the one. So here, uh, Justin Trudeau, this trust fund baby is filled with hate and divisive politics. Then he looks surprised and whines when he he's heckled at events in P. Gavel is tossed in his direction. Let's take a listen to this. And I know will not allow those voices, those special interest groups, those protesters who can, I don't even want to call them protesters, those anti-vaxxer mobs to dictate how this country gets through this pandemic. And I know will not allow those voices, those special interest groups, those protesters who can, I don't even want to call them protesters, those anti-vaxxer mobs. Anti-vaxxers. Well, we're finding out now that the vaccines have have caused lots of damage to people. And, you know, we have a right to be concerned. It says here, Canadians and conservatives have known about the Trudeau government buying the media, but it's nice to see him finally admit it, even if he does think it's a laughing matter. Let's take a listen. Now... You sometimes hear about liberal bias in the media these days, how they're constantly letting off our government, letting our government off the hook for no good reason. Frankly, I think that's insulting. It's clear that they let us off the hook for a very good reason, because we paid them $600 million. (laughs) Yeah, he's right. They are getting a cushy relationship with the government. Uh, It says here, this is exactly what we need at the provincial level uh, to counter an authoritarian federal government. Let's take a listen. During your campaign, you said that not only would you issue an apology to those prosecuted during COVID restrictions, but you would also grant them amnesty. When can we expect those apologies? Um, I can apologize right now. I'm, I'm deeply sorry for anyone who was inappropriately subjected to um, discrimination as a result of their vaccine status. I'm deeply sorry for any government employee that was fired from their job because of their vaccine status. And I welcome them back if they want to come back. As for the amnesty, I have to get some legal advice on that. Um, and so I've already asked my staff to, um, to, to request that advice so I can see how we would be able to proceed on that. My view has been that these were um, political decisions that were made, and so I think that they could be political decisions to offer a reversal. But I, I do want to get some, some legal advice on that first. Would that also have to do with the timeline for the proposed amnesties? Um, I, I, I would have to see. You know, if I can, if I can do it, I will do it at the earliest opportunity. So I'm, I'm hoping within the next within the next week I'll get that legal advice. Thank you. Thank you. So that was up in Canada as well. That's uh, Rebel News Canada had that footage where the politician owned it. That's a rarity. You never see this type of thing happen. And just one other little thing um, before we uh, close out the show today. Well, let's see. There's so many different clips I wanted to play. Um. 
Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to play. Uh, I was going to play uh, the Ocasio-Cortez uh, I and a Bartender thing just as came across my desk and I thought it was funny. But, um, but uh, and then there was also something else that Joe Biden did uh, with respect to uh, something he said years ago about uh, black people that was just hard. And, um, you know, when they play the race card, of course, you know, uh, we just play these clips, you know, and it's an election season. So, you know, I want to also remind people uh, to support our sponsors uh, since we have a minute left. Um, One of the things that we're going to be talking about a lot this week is the, uh, the economy. And one of the problems with the economy is the stock market is unstable. The bond market is terrible right now. And the housing market is in free fall and collapse. And once the institutional investors get out of the housing market, it's going to be really bad for a lot of people um, who are not locked into a low fixed rate. Um, if they have a variable adjustable rate, then you know they're going to have some problems. And and one of the things we wanted to do was provide a gold solution. Uh, and one of the things I like about Genesis Gold is you could move your IRA away from the stock market or mutual fund indexes, index funds, and move them away from that that's highly vulnerable right now. And, and volatile, and put it uh, put it into a gold IRA, gold silver IRA, and we're going to be talking a lot about this. We're going to have some experts on to talk about the economy as well. But if you want to learn more about Genesis Gold, uh, I recommend that you dial eight hundred three eight five gold. That's one eight hundred three eight five four six five three. That's 1-800-385-4653 or 1-800-385-GOLD. And be sure to check them out. It helps us when you help our sponsors because then they like us and they'll continue to support us, right? So that's how it works. Also, check out tacticalcivics.com. Find out how you can take back your country locally. They have a blueprint for that. Check out magapac.org. That's our America First policy agenda-driven nonprofit. And also use Red State over at MyPillow.com. That's Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. And grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.